girlfriend is all that I want She's tripping my heartbeat and it's leading me on Took a shot now thinking you'd be the one Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 711 with our review of I Love My Dad. I'm Christopher Schnazy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. Stephen Miller, it's been a long time since uh, we've sat down to record a podcast. Um, we both took some vacations that sort of overlapped, but didn't fully overlap. Um, then we yep. took another trip over a weekend together. Um, the yep. first two weren't together. Um, I have Thank no idea. Thank you for idea. driving me to Maine, by the way. It was it, it really <laughs> meant a lot to me. Um, but yeah, it feels it feels weird to be back sitting down to record. I mean, th- th- technically, this doesn't feel any different than any of our normal work meetings because I'm sitting at the right. same computer on the same everything. Um, but it just it's it's good to be back and uh, recording a podcast again. Yeah, but I got I got to be honest. I'm I'm awkward over video. I'm more comfortable <laughs> over text, and I'm afraid that you're not going to like me, and you're not going to think I'm as funny when I'm talking in front of a microphone. And so I just. If we could just record this podcast over text for the next year, that would be that'd be really great for me. <laughs> oh man, if we could record this over text, then I would uh, be able to release that episode of uh, Extraction that <laughs> yeah <laughs> that shall never see the light of day. <laughs> I think you're overestimating how well you could type after that much <laughs> that much beer. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd be typing it now. That's right. a, that's the difference, right? As I, I do I do the recording. The drunk version of me, no one ever hears because I type out the sober version of me now after the fact. Yeah, that is true. Wow, we'd get all the lo- all the lost episodes. We get the homesman finally. Um, <laughs> I don't remember. I know there are others, but yeah, yeah, that's there, the one that comes to mind. There's a, there's a few pretty prestigious films. <laughs> Nightmare Alley. Did we ever release that one? Yeah, we 100. percent That was episode 694. That episode is definitely out. It is available. Mm. Um, but Aloha, re- did we ever release Aloha? I think we did. <laughs> I mean, I don't think the studio <laughs> wishes they released Aloha. <laughs> I, actually, to be to be fair, I'm pretty sure Aloha is one I bailed out of mid-recording. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that sounds right. Yeah. Extraction, I found out during the edit process that it was unreleasable. Yep. Aloha, <laughs> I think we just quit partway through and said, nope, we're done with this. <laughs> yeah, we just said Aloha to it. Yeah, speaking of... Uh, saying aloha to something uh, we have a film to talk about this week where you know a son may have attempted to say aloha to his dad and his dad may have tried to you know undo that aloha and may have taken some strange approach to trying to get back in touch with his son you know easing our way back into doing the podcast again you know it's nice to sit down and have a, a good old wholesome family drama yeah exactly <laughs> to talk about fun for the whole family yeah especially fathers and sons who can yeah, like, get together and bond over something this really fits in the canon of sons and father reconnecting movies like um the judge um, <laughs> finding nemo arguably i feel like judge the the judge wasn't that one of those uh films that like we just constantly were referencing for the next like year for reasons that are beyond my, yeah, I, think my memory. So. I, I think so but i don't remember anything about that movie now yeah. except for robert duvall being yeah. being in it yep and i think there's a big climactic scene involving like a hurricane or something as you know the hurricane is also a metaphor for the family drama 
Yeah, to, to go back to Cameron Crowe, in my head, The Judge and Elizabethtown have morphed into the same movie, so I don't remember which is which anymore. Uh, I only remember The Judge because I haven't seen Elizabethtown. Um, oh, wow. How <laughs> embarrassing for you. <laughs> the cultural icon that is Elizabethtown. Oh. This is not even a disaster, Chris. This is a, a fiasco, <laughs> which you would recognize if you watched Elizabethtown. Cool. Uh, well, if we're done shaving me for my my lack of watching of Elizabethtown, are you ready to talk about uh, th this film, Stephen? I, I was born ready. All right. We're going to take a listen to the trailer for I Love My Dad, and then we're going to come back and give everybody a review. Anyone else have anything they want to say? Franklin? I uh, took some steps in setting healthy boundaries and blocked my dad online. He's never really been there for me when I needed him, and I'm done with that. Did you delete your profile? It's kind of the main way I was uh, staying in touch with you. My ex blocked me one time, and I just started a different page under a different name. I'll check it all the time. She never even knew. <laughs> I just started a different page under a different name. I met someone online she's like smart funny and you've like talked to her on the phone and stuff obviously <laughs> soup so how's it so how's it going good this is creepy as this was your idea that was my ex-girlfriend this is your child i mean what if he's already masturbating today would you be up for a quick phone call? Uh, it's just a little weird that we've never actually talked. Could you call him and be the voice? What are you wearing? Sweatpants and a Red Sox shirt. What about you? Just a dress. No panties. This is incest. No, it's not. I'm doing this to help him. He thinks he's in a relationship. This girl's the love of my life. Keep your expectations low. She could be like mean or, or a scammer or, I mean, or your dad. <laughs> Hi, uh, it's my girlfriend. One, one sec. Yeah. Becca, hello? Hey, Becca? Hello, hello. I'll call you in a little bit. I'll call you. Not there, huh? I pretend to kiss you. <laughs> but you asked for my help. Internet kiss your son. That's gross. Do you love him? Yes. Just kiss him already. <laughs> All right. So that was the trailer for I Love My Dad. And it is basically a, uh, you know, a based on a true story um, from the writer and director and star of the film. Um about uh, basically a time that his estranged father tried to get back in touch with him by catfishing him and uh, sort of the, the experience he went through from that. Uh, Stephen Miller, what did you think of I Love My Dad? Um, so if I'm being super honest, like if I wanted to put my critic hat on, Th this definitely has festival vibes to me. This is like a South by Southwest movie. It definitely feels like a a first time director. You know, it's a little rough around some of the edges. Some of the themes like depression are folded in in a way that don't like totally gel with like a full complete movie. But I'm not putting my critic hat on. I'm putting my <laughs> viewing hat on. And I <laughs> thought this movie was hilarious. I, I really, really, really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Um, 
So when we get to you, you can reveal what I tried to pull on you is have you not know the premise of this movie before you watched it. Um, and I am so curious of what it would be like to go into this movie blind. I feel like it does reveal its premise very quickly. So you're yeah, not yeah. left too long wondering how it's going to escalate. Um, but what I love is that this movie just completely goes for it. Like this movie is not afraid of awkwardness, yeah, of discomfort. Um, it, it Amplified by the fact that the writer, director, star, James Morosini this is based on a true story. Like it isn't literally a true story. The details aren't true. And probably in real life, his dad didn't go as far as they decided to make his dad go here. Um, But the fact that this is someone talking about their own life, their own relationship with their father, and they are willing to make it this unbelievably uncomfortable. I loved, I I was just like giddy watching this movie. Um, there are a few highlight scenes. I think this movie works best when it is doing the same thing that How I Met Your Mother did in the Three Days Rule episode. If you remember that, where um, Marshall and Barney want to teach Ted that he shouldn't text a girl back after three days. So yep. they program their own phone number in. And the visuals of that that are very funny is when you see the juxtaposition between what the guy thinks he is texting with and then the real people he's texting with. And playing that in a way for ultimate discomfort. Um, yeah. This movie has a few great scenes like that. There's a kiss scene that is wonderful and a, let's say, a chess sexting scene <laughs> that I think is just chef's kiss brilliant. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's very funny, um, but it also d- does have a heart to it, even though it, it is a comedy, you know, more than like Shithouse, for instance. Like, this is very much a broad comedy, but... For one thing, the dad, I think, despite being absolutely horrible in the movie, Patton makes him somehow be sympathetic, which I think is very impressive. Like, he shows at least how low and desperate you would have to get to do a thing like that. And he makes it rooted in his love for his son, even if what he does, probably, if you were the son, could be legitimately unforgivable. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It reminded me of Big Fan. I I don't know if you've seen that, where Pat Oswalt stars there, too. He's good at playing these, like, God, I really should just hate this character, but... I feel bad for him. <laughs> um, he, he's very good at finding that groove. Um, I also think the the way James kind of plays his own awkwardness as Franklin, this character, it it does give me some Cooper Rafe vibes in that he's like looking at himself and saying, wow, look at what a awkward, uncomfortable person I was and am, but look at how hard I'm trying. And I feel like there's something to the self-awareness that resonated as very true for me, even though he's a little bit older than Cooper. So like this movie... <laughs> a little it, bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Not quite Dear Evan Hansen levels of older, but yeah, it, it's there. Um, it, it sure this movie feels is also, like it. <laughs> This movie is vague, I think, about how old he's supposed to be. So like, that, I, I think intentionally. <laughs> I So I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Because, like, there is an event. Like, we, we are catching up with him after an event that has happened in his lives. We don't know mm-hmm. exactly how the relationship between him and his father sort of started to break apart. We just know there has been some sort of time jump. But there's all this, uh, you know... He constantly needs a ride places because he doesn't have a license, which makes me feel he's supposed to be playing a 16 year old who just hasn't got his license yet, which is weird because he's clear. He's 32 in real life. Right. (laughs) And it feels like 
I don't know if he wrote this, you know, screenplay back when he was very young and has just been like working on it for like 20 years or whatever. But it just it feels everything about who this character is seems like he is supposed to be a very, very young teenager. But every time he does like there's a scene where he is uh, dancing on the street because something exciting has happened to him. And when I see that fully adult body trying to like dance in the way like a little teenager could, it just feels kind of weird and awkward. And I not in the way it feels like the finale of the rehearsal. (laughs) No, it 100% looks like the one kid who just goes outside and vapes in between takes. Um, So I, I, I hear what you're saying to me. I was able to fill it in where he is not a 16 year old. He is a person who has had some troubles in his life. And so he hasn't left home. And because of those troubles, he hasn't, there are things that he has just never gotten to do, like learn to drive. And that is a thing to blame his dad for. Yeah. Uh, of course, in my head, he wasn't 32 either. But I was like, he, he's like, he can be like 23. Like, I'll give him, I'll give him that. But, but even <laughs> that, was, like, that was something I was comfortable with. But, but even like there, there are parts in this film where he does get behind the wheel of a car and it's treated as though like when you watch like they don't really do this as much nowadays, but back in the day in the early nineties, you know, every, everything was like a young teen learning how to drive. And it's like, like trying to not knowing how to drive and stuff. And I guess, I guess now that everybody has automatics, like they just don't care about that being a trope in television or anything anymore. But it's like, it's playing that way where this is literally the first time this kid has gotten behind a wheel. And I feel like as an adult, even if you don't really drive, it's pretty intuitive right off the bat. Like you're like, okay, I get it. If I don't like, jerk the wheel in every direction i mean there's adults that can't drive after driving for like forever but like it just feels it feels like they want him to be very young (laughs) and it kept weirding me out that i was like i think he's trying to play like a 16 year old and and i don't understand why he is a 32 year old man yeah i i will let you have your experience (laughs) to me he plays as old as Cooper in Cha Cha Real Smooth plays and in the same rut in life or as like a Zach Braff in Garden State. Like to me, it's all the same rough character and the same rough like early 20s thing. And I was OK with it. And yeah, the, some things weren't explained, but I was just like, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. not a 16 year old. So I'm choosing to have that not be a 16 year old. <laughs> And I feel like even in a bar late in the movie, he is having a drink. I think so he's I drinking like a glass is... of water, though. OK. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, it does, doesn't matter. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. All, all I want to say is that I, I felt like there was a self-awareness to this movie and willingness to make... Because you could make this movie in a way where Patton is the comic, you know, the comic character or whatever. And uh, the kid is the straight man, right? The kid is just like, what the fuck is going on? He doesn't do that. He decides to be like, I am not only going to show my dad as being fucked up. I'm going to show myself as being emotionally stunted awkward very cringy you know um yeah marshall in high school with you know braces or whatever like he's (laughs) he's doing that kind of thing with the character and i don't know why something just rung earnest to me where it didn't feel like just a broad stereotype like it felt like a personal story and and i liked it I, i thought it elevated it above just being the cringe comedy and it also made me feel something about how complicated relationship with parents can be 
um, even when the parents are like doing horrific things. But yeah. ultimately, I just thought this was a really funny movie, and I I respect a comedy that is willing to go as far as this is willing to go. So I had a good time. Yeah, uh, uh, you know. Uh, complaints about the age of the main actor who is also the writer and director of the film uh, aside I, I really I, I very much enjoyed this film um, you know like as you said you know it's a rough around the edges in, in, in spots there's a spot in the trailer where he texts sup and Patton reads it as soup, soup? <laughs> and I was like come on really like <laughs> it's like, like that's that's where we're at with our dialogue choices here. Um, but besides that, like I thought on the, on the whole, it did feel pretty earnest, and it, and it was it was an incredibly entertaining film. I think when it first started, I got a little bit worried because one of one of the tropes I hate the most in any film is uh, characters imagining another character being with them when they are alone. Um, mm -hmm. You know, most of the time, the trope that really annoys me is when that person is dead and you're seeing like the live version of them again. So when it started to have like the girl there when he's texting, I was like, all right, you're going to do this kind of thing. I'm not sure I'm down for this, but that is Don't so you move on me. <laughs> <laughs> but that is so necessary for where the comedy goes in this film yeah. because it, it it's the jokes wouldn't land the same way if you aren't seeing that person physically in the space and the way it flips that on its head as it goes goes throughout the whole thing so i think that like it it, it went from being a thing that i started out worried about to being a thing that i was like oh my god this is genius and there's no other way you could tell this story like it feels like um that is the key to the way that this works um you know i i I we 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 get a sort of montage at the beginning of Pat Oswalt's character and why he's a bad dad. But our version of him being a bad dad is him just having excuses for not having been there, which feels right. like a very shorthand. Like it's not like a, you know, a, a you know a film that uh, the, the the film Twitter loves uh, the film Hook. Right at the beginning of Hook, we see <laughs> we see Robin Williams' character like choosing work over his kid constantly and that's how we get to see why he's not there and this is just him calling there's never really an explanation for it we don't know whether he's like truly a bad dude or he gets sucked into something else because when, when when we see him at his work he clearly doesn't want to be there either he's just hanging out at home so i kind of wish there was there was more evidence to why he was bad other than he was just overly trying to reconnect with a son who he clearly fell away from and it's possible that like the other stuff that the son is dealing with, maybe there was stuff rolled up with the dad not being, I, I, who, who knows? Like, I, I don't know. It, it feels like I wanted a little bit more backstory to understand why Patton Oswalt is supposed to be a bad guy other than his choices to catfish his son. Um, I, I, I had, as funny as it is, like it, it was definitely, <laughs> this is one of those things where like, it's hilarious, but it's also cringe when like you're just <laughs> shaking your head like, I, like I'm basically his friend, right? <laughs> like his friend yeah. at work while I'm like, you know that can't work. Oh my God. No, you're not. Oh, dude. Yeah, there's we no are way. all Lil Rel Howry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, there's so many points too where I was like, you have one out and it's dependent upon another person you confessing to that person and them playing along and then the film takes that out as an option by introducing more information about who that person is and it's just i was like oh man there's nothing you could do now you're just like the only thing you can do is just admit to the situation and deal with the consequences and just watching him dig deeper and deeper and deeper into the lie and how how like intense the situation begins to become with with the game he's trying to play um i i i thought it was incredible like my my only nitpicks is is, is there there's some times where the kid 
should have enough information to know something is wrong but like he chooses to be like naive about the evidence that right. he has um like there's 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 a scene in the trailer that we just watched that, that involves uh trying to call a phone that might also mm -hmm. be in the car with you <laughs> And, yeah. and God, just, I want to shout during that moment, like, put your phone on silent. But then the man who says soup probably doesn't know how to put his phone on silent. <laughs> but his phone was on silent, right? The sound we are hearing is the is like the buzz. I guess, I guess silent's different than vibrate. But right. But yeah. But <laughs> yeah, in, in another comedy, he would have just reached into his pocket and thrown the phone out the window or something. Totally. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. De definitely. Um, Franklin, the the son has a few moments where he has to in a way that i think is believable if you are like in love and are trying to go on this grand romantic trip caution be damned um yeah. you don't want to see the red flags uh, that is certainly one of them um there are some times when becca starts apropos of nothing talking about dads and how great dads are yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, in a way that honestly the um I, I think in terms of acting, other than Patton, the real MVP here is Claudia Silevsky, who plays Becca, uh, yeah. because she she has to at once just be the kind of like projection of his fantasies. So she has to be kind of a blank slate, but also yeah. she has to play straight all of this dialogue that is incredibly not what a you know woman of her age would actually be saying. Yeah, and yeah. I, uh, I, I, I think she does a really, really good job with that. Uh, Joanna wants me to stress that she is currently dating Phineas, the brother of Billie Eilish, and that is important. <laughs> um, <laughs> good to know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just, she just she, wanted she, to tell you. <laughs> yeah, she is incredible at the film. Uh, there, there is a scene where she has to not just be acting the physical manifestation of a conversation that is happening over text, but that conversation over text is happening while somebody's driving. So she yeah. is talking with the typos that might come if you were one-handed yep. texting while driving. And it just, it plays, it plays beautiful. I, I also love that, like, even if you thought that this could be in a good place uh, as far as where the kid might might fall in where where franklin might fall in with uh this mm -hmm. person he's being catfished with i love that like every time he imagines her she is like dressed more and more like provocatively right <laughs> so, well you're just like oh come on <laughs> don't don't i know I know. Just, like it, it telegraphs exactly where it's going the entire film but it's just funny that like the first time you see her it's like oh hey i'm just here and then like you know sweatshirt and everything and like the next time you see her it's like she is just midriff shirt in the middle of a beer cooler <laughs> it's right. like it's like <laughs> like well that that caught on fast for him well he's a kid of a certain age he has certain needs <laughs> yeah, and yeah. sometimes when someone pays attention to you um, I, I was glad too because the the beginning of this movie, you know, when when the catfishing first begins, um, the dad Chuck uh, basically copies Becca's profile, makes a new one, posts a few of the pictures with the same caption. They all you can even see have a timestamp of like thirty minutes ago, twenty minutes ago, yep. and has zero friends other than uh, than Franklin. And in my head for a minute, I was like, oh, no, is this movie not going to even acknowledge how suspicious that is? Yeah, um, yeah. But it does. I, I think it does an OK job of handling it in a way that 
I wonder if the real James had those suspicions at the beginning and then was talked out of it by the catfisher or if this is wishful thinking of like, this is what I should have thought. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet it's <laughs> when so someone reached what, out to me. Yeah, I, be, I bet it's so this is what I should have thought of sort of situation. But it's also because, like I said, he's, he's 32 um, now. Mm -hmm. uh, so when he was if he really was 16, when the story was taking place, you know, everybody's internet savviness might have been a little bit different back when he was that young. Yeah. And like, because because in my head, like <laughs> placing myself in the dad because I'm closer to that age than the kid's supposed to be. Um, in my head, when, when the excuse that she, the father, <laughs> tries to come up with, I was like, just just say you deleted your account because somebody was stalking you like yeah be the exact thing you're doing like do just that that's the best way is to tell the person the thing so they won't think they won't suspect that's the thing i was like come on this is easy what are you doing <laughs> i do i do love early on when he's in the car with his mom and she's listening to an npr story about catfishing <laughs> and yeah yeah that was pretty good <laughs> Yeah. And then she's like, yeah, this is so stuff. boring. He's like, this is boring. <laughs> oh, good times. <laughs> yeah. Good good times. But they to me the the real the the pinnacles of this movie are a the the chess scene which is just wonderful and yeah. laid up perfectly well and my only regret and I don't want to spoil the scene but Patton has gone so far why not let the kid have it at this point? <laughs> um, what line is that really crossing that hasn't been crossed already? Um, oh. But my my number two scene in terms of everything just coming into place is kind of the the climax of the movie, the uh, like the the final confrontation. I think it just lays it up so well the dread you are feeling like i was watching it like through my fingers basically yeah, um, yeah. and I, I i just think it does a really good job and it, it is hard to earn that level of like d d comedic tension uh where you are just like god please don't do it and i think uh, i think the movie earns it and delivers and then turns around and has a sweet little moment at the end that also is a uh, you know funny in its own way but yeah. sweet too well, one, one of the things that i like the most about like sort of that climax and everything that it's building towards is in like as we're watching it the the way everything is being framed the only the only victim is the son <laughs> right like that's mm -hmm. sort of like the only thing that's at risk here is the relationship between the father and the son but as that climax starts to come to a head and we realize that like oh no this isn't just creepy because he was catfishing his son. It's also creepy because he was just stealing all this chick's pictures off the internet and then yeah. creating his own profile and then communicating that out to the world. And it's like, there are ramifications outside of just, it's, it's not a, it's not a thing he did in isolation. You know, he didn't build a fake site that like, he didn't actually fish and catfish his son. Right. Like, like, mm -hmm. like the, it, it's, it, there are ramifications for the decision to make, to do what he's doing and it affects other people if you don't come clean before those people walk into a situation where the other people aren't prepared for that situation. So I think, I think yep. that it, it plays with that and it finally like unveils that there's more complication than just the weirdness of the scenario. Right. Uh, HBO's the rehearsal uh, playing on Friday nights. <laughs> <laughs> if, if anyone wants to, uh, to further unpack that feeling. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, I hear you. I think he does a good job. It it also is funny because the movie plays with your emotions because it it knows how to strike the kind of festival indie movie chords. Some of them I think don't fully work. There's a swimming pool scene that like doesn't quite do for me what I can feel the, you know, heartstring tugging indie festival movie wanting to do. Yeah. Um but there are some that do work. Like like there is one where he's having a conversation with his dad and he's kind of like coming around and warming up because he's realizing through Becca that parents are just trying their best. They're just like a fuck up who happened to have a kid and is now trying to do that. And I feel what I'm supposed to feel from a kind of classic festival movie of like, oh, that is sweet, you know? And then I remember like his dad is literally Becca. <laughs> like <laughs> The lesson is being taught by this like manipulative piece of shit. <laughs> Um, and it just it holds both of those so well like i like i think it manages to make you feel both because it personifies becca in a way that you can forget for a while that everything being done is him yeah Um, and and i i like that but it's also like like yes he has made a bunch of poor decisions but it's He's not just a manipulative piece of shit, right? Like this is kind of, this film is the online relationship version of the death of Dick Long, right? Where Mm. one really bad decision was made and now all they're doing is trying to cover it up and digging themselves in deeper and like it's getting worse and worse and worse. But at this point it's out of control, right? There's no, there's no way to reverse time and go back to the beginning and go like, oh, no, sorry, everything's cool. Uh, I didn't mean it, right? It's, I feel like he is not, he is like... He, he he's he's trying he, he's doing the only thing he can and it's not like he he's he's not taking pride or, or joy in manipulating his son right it's like it's this this uh it's his own um what's the word i'm looking for it's, it's basically he, he it he has his own problems that he is working out and this is the only way he can try to and it's totally misguided and horrible and he should have never done it but it's not it's not it's not exactly like an evil manipulative person trying to take advantage of another person, right? It's like sure, not yeah, not not purely evil. Um it, just to the manipulative point, I think that would be more true if he were only covering his ass after the inciting incident. But things where Becca is encouraging Franklin to have a better relationship with his dad are not covering his ass. That is furthering the manipulative agenda. That is like him not being able to help himself, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a point late in the movie where you think he's out, and then he doubles down back in. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah there, there are just moments where it does become less of just this one bid to reconnect and then death of Ding Lo- Dick Longstyle having to like cover your tracks and more oh you have like an obs- like you would do this a third time <laughs> if you had to yeah, yeah. Um, at least but, that but is it's the all... vibe i get from his character <laughs> you, you, and i don't just... hate him for it I, you just like yeah, yeah. you love how flawed he is basically yeah yeah but he's also trying to have the conversation he would have if his son would let him have that conversation right he's right yeah of course he's not like it's not like, uh, you know, it's not like he murdered one of his old girlfriends and he's like, sometimes dads just, you know, murder your girlfriend. And it's just like, you got to get used to it. Like, you know, it's not, mm-hmm. he's not being unreasonable with his trying to, to talk about like, he, he is using real emotion 
with a fake scenario. I, I don't know. I, yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to justify his actions. They're terrible. No, no, no. no I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I just think that by any definition, he is manipulative. Like he clearly, he yeah, has yeah. an agenda. Maybe the agenda he thinks is good because the agenda is make <laughs> me be closer to my son. <laughs> but the means uh, cannot be justified. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I think some of my favorite scenes is when he's looped his friend in and he's like, yeah. help me through this. And the friend's like, you wanted me to help. This is what you got to do. <laughs> it's so good. And, and I do love in this movie, there is no one who agrees with the dad. There's yeah. no one who is like, yeah, let's do it. Everyone, when they realize what is happening is fucking horrified. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in a way that I like literally the only person who gets it is James Morrissey and by extension, maybe the character of Franklin, who knows. Um, but like, it, it almost seems like he is saying like you and I get each other and the rest of the world doesn't get it. And yeah, at least no. that's the vibe I get from the movie on a whole existing. <laughs> it, it's still like I, I, I get I get what the father is thinking, right? Like. There is this attractive, my son's age person who works at this cafe that I was at. He's more likely to accept a friend request from her than from any other random person that I could fake a profile right. for. But I still, like, <laughs> he clearly didn't think further than that. Like, he's like, uh, oh, oh, shit. I didn't think this was going to work. Now what do I do? Yeah. Well, because the hubris has been messaging in perpetuity, right? Yeah. Because yeah. if the goal is just to be able to creep on their Facebook page, you got in, right? You're well, in. And you can just delay your text text once a week for a while, you know? Remember, Stephen, remember when the son responds back, okay, blocking you now. That's when he was like, oh, shit, sure, I yeah, have yeah. to do something. I have to right. start a real conversation because otherwise he's going to think I'm just a creep. And uh, I'm just saying all you do then is phase out right yeah, not yeah. phase out in a like complete way but phase out in a way where it's like send a message two days later and then four days later like they're not going to remember to block you after that you know yeah, they're yeah. just gonna like fizzle yeah i, I just think you know like it, it would have been would have been harmless if he would have just grabbed some random photos from like <laughs> somebody else in i don't know in the games industry or something like that that is something something his son's into but doesn't won't be too suspicious of yeah, that's true. And I mean, to, to be fair, this isn't even the first movie where a famous voice actor from a Pixar movie plays someone that we are supposed to like despite doing a horrible kind of secret anonymous messaging thing where they have the upper hand because they know that they're manipulating the person, but the other person doesn't know it. But enough about You've Got Mail, which you should watch if you've never seen. <laughs> I was also wondering where you were going with that. Yeah. <laughs> It tracks. Watch, watch. You've got mail, and then line it up against this movie. Right. Ask who is the more fucked up person. At least Patton doesn't literally try to get his son to fall in love with him. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> so let me let me ask you. I don't think it's I don't think it's worth doing a full spoiler review, but I do want to ask you uh, a question about the last shot. Yep. Um, ambiguously, that is. Uh, is it about the expression on the face of the person in the last shot? Yeah, yeah. Do you think that look is uh, hopeful or triumphant in something that may or may not have been done? I think the look is 
someone finding a way to connect by fucking with the other person <laughs> and there's a joy in the gamesmanship so, so i think it so, is so both intentionally <laughs> ambiguous basically yeah i think i think in my head when i the first time i watched it i was like like when i just when but before the look happens just when the shot is is slowly panning i was like that's nice and then there was yeah. the little smile, and I was like, "It's a little bit more oh, devilish." It's was little, it not? Yeah. Was it not that nice? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it is. It is the niceness, but it's nice with a bite to it. It's nice in a like, "Hey, here's the one way we can connect: is we can like both shit on each other." <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it's like light. It's enjoying the antagonism, basically. Yeah, yeah cool <laughs> and i think kind of you could say that smile is the moment he decides he's gonna write a screenplay <laughs> <laughs> i want to imagine too that uh in in the real life situation that uh he made this movie and invited the dad to a test screening without any context for what the movie was about like i had, a, had the a, title it had a different title <laughs> even maybe yeah yeah and then he sits down to watch this movie and, and just like being i i want to hope that he did a test screening friends and family <laughs> maybe some other folks in there and then started by saying here's my film i hope you enjoy it my family is here to watch this with made the dad wave or something like that and then sat down and played the film and just just had the dad sit there going like oh god I, and i can't leave because there's like an auditorium of people like he just front row dead center and then just made him sit through the the, the test screening of it i i want to believe that that happened <laughs> oh man all right well any last thoughts, Stephen, before we uh, get into to our verdicts here? I don't think so. I, I only feel bad that anyone who listened to this episode knows way more about the movie than you did going into it. And I, yeah, I think I, this is a movie to kind of just dive into. I, I, I think to that, to that point, I definitely avoided everything. But I feel like the plot is introduced so early on in the film mm. that I, I wasn't like... Like if you're watching the trailer and you're seeing the visual gags that go along right. with the auditory gags, I think maybe there's a little bit of spoiler action there just for how funny some of these moments will be. Um, but I, I didn't like if I would have read the description, I don't I wouldn't have felt that spoiled because it's like right from the beginning that the dad is like, well, <laughs> time to start making this profile. And then I was like, oh, OK, I get it. <laughs> um so yeah i i think i would have been okay if i would have known anything um but but yeah you know different people uh feel might feel differently um but for yeah. now let's go ahead and get to our verdicts Stephen miller if you were going to give us a must see record of the caveat wait for until pass of the caveat or a must avoid what would you give it uh, so a few days ago, Carson Patrick texted me and he said he found his Cooper Rafe and it's uh, <laughs> James Morrisoni. And I can't fully get on board that way. Like this movie didn't make me cry, right? This movie didn't do the thing. It, it wasn't that T 
tear for me. Yeah. But for sheer joy of watching it and the squirminess and watching Joanna squirm along with it and the fact that I think it 100% sticks the landing, it doesn't like deflate halfway through. Like I think it is pretty evenly spaced in terms of its tense moments and it knows how to escalate appropriately. Yeah. Um, I think it's a must-see movie. I think for a comedy with just a the premise alone you're like oh shit that is going to be good and then to deliver on a premise that good is impressive and i uh, i had a blast so i think anyone should watch this movie be prepared to be uncomfortable but i think you will get a lot out of it yeah um i'm i'm going to give it a must see as well uh i thought it was it was you know i <laughs> i keep jokingly complaining about the age of uh <laughs> of james but uh it didn't it didn't actually bother me that much in the context of the film um, I was I was more distracted by the fact that he looks like a combination between Tobey Maguire and the guy from Red Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, but but yeah, I I, I thought it was um, it it was a great I had a great time watching this film, and I think it's fun to just watch it. Just the situation become more and more deeply entrenched in the horribleness. <laughs> Of what is going on and just to watch it, it it's just a slow motion train wreck that you can't look away from and you're just like no no this is your one chance nope okay okay cool cool now you have one more nope okay you're just gonna yeah you're gonna go for it all right okay okay um and yeah i think it's uh you know i i, I was i was talking with jamie about various parts of the film um at dinner after i'd watched it uh and <laughs> She just said, all right, could you just play me a bunch of these scenes that you were talking about? So I just ran her through a bunch <laughs> of the scenes and she enjoyed uh, watching that stuff. So I, I, I think I'm it's glad. I think it's a crowd pleaser. <laughs> yep. I, I'm, I'm still trying to piece together your uh, uh, him being a cross between Simon Rex from Red Rocket and Tobey Maguire. I guess he got the boyish good looks and playing younger than his real age from Tobey Maguire, and he got masturbating on camera from Simon Rex. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, he just, he, he, like, <laughs> just, he, he I, I feel like he physically embodies sort of Simon Rex a little bit. Sure. But he's got like Tobey Maguire's facial uh, features and uh, mm -hmm. em em emoting. <laughs> yeah, I got, I gotcha, I gotcha. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> I think that's gonna do it for our review of I Love My Dad. Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, people can find me at twitter.com/sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at ChristopherRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning, or Instagram.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to uh, get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from a track selected from artlist.io, so hopefully you're enjoying that. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think we're back. Uh, <laughs> we have to figure out what's oh, coming back. out this weekend. Um, but we're going to be back with another episode next week. Hopefully you enjoyed this one, and hopefully you enjoyed this film if you've seen it. And if you haven't, uh, sounds like you should go see it, because uh, it's, yeah. uh, it's a fun one. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.